Hello, my name is Alexander and I'm the Education Coordinator at Youth Employment Services. You're listening to The Drop Pod with Youth Employment Services. Today, I'm going to be interviewing the composer of our little jingle that you hear you know, every couple weeks or so. Coincidentally, he's, he's actually my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. He's very talented, but he's just more than a composer. Well, first of all, Nate, how are you doing tonight? I'm Nate, everybody. I'm a musician, composer in San Francisco, California, down in the States. Yeah, it's great to be on the show. Happy to be talking with my good pal, Alex. We've known each other for a long time, and yeah, it's great to be in touch. He and I, obviously, are really frequently in touch, too, so it's just great to, yeah, great to go through kind of a day in the life of uh, what it's like being a musician and what it's like to kind of live in a city like this, and yeah, I'm really excited to just give you the, you know, all of the info on it. <laughs> great. So I guess this is the first first question here, and it's a big one because it's not quite simple. But what do you do for a living? How would you how would you sum up what you do for a living for people? Uh, so I would describe myself as uh, kind of all around as a musician. Essentially, I went to school primarily for composition, and I, I still write music just about every day. But when it comes to kind of what I do for income and how I split up my my daily life, it's really a lot of different things that I'm doing. I, I do some administrative work, but I also teach. And yeah, I still make time to practice and to write beyond all that as well. I think as a composer, sometimes we can be a little more disconnected from the actual performance or playing or practicing, but I, I try and really set aside time to keep that in, in regular circulation in my life. Job-wise, I work as a music librarian for the conservatory where I attended at, here in San Francisco. So I, that's like an academic library. So I you know, do a lot of um, administrative work there, but I also just take care of the collection. But it's cool because it's kind of like a music history job sometimes too, where you, you, know, you get to learn about at least the history of that institution but you also get to like learn about curating different collections and stuff. My musical career kind of was discovered in tandem, like working in libraries. I worked at my public library back in Alex and I's hometown, and I sort of discovered my love and passion for music while I was working there. So it's it's always been this kind of career that I've kept in tandem with my musicianship. But it's really cool now to work in a music library where you can have other resources that might not be related to music, but it's most of the collection is scores and sheet music that people check out, but there's also books on pedagogy and biographies of composers or famous artists and people who collaborate. But there's also lots of cool archival work that I do. Anyway, that's that's a really cool job that I do. That's that's one of many jobs that I do. Another job that I do is a more of as a performance librarian. I work for the San Francisco Girls Chorus, so I take care of all of their sheet music needs. They have a, a really big chorus school with all these different levels. And so I, I'm the person that basically takes care of where all the music goes. And it's been really interesting keeping track of everything with the pandemic. So we had to do a lot of mailing and coordinate a lot of different stuff, but it's been really successful. And I'm, I'm really happy to say that the conservatory and the girls courses have done really well. So beyond my administrative work as a music librarian, I do a, quite a bit of teaching. So I, I mostly do group lessons. I teach like a K through one after school program, which is like general music. I do that a couple times a week. And then I teach group classes through a school of rock called Blue Bear School of Music. So that branches out into a lot of different things too. I do program for middle schoolers, but I also work with like little toddlers and their caregivers, just general music stuff essentially too. So it's a, a lot of different places to be here and there, but that's, I think it works out really well. Yeah. And you can pick up side jobs here and there as well too. I'd be happy to elaborate on those as well. I've had several of those since I've moved here, um, but those are kind of my main study jobs, the teaching and the library work. Okay, great. 
Well, what type of instruments do you play? Like, what type of things do you teach? So the teaching, like I said, is like general music. So I'll bring like a guitar with me. Some, I mean, when I used to teach in person, there'd be like a piano there, but I use the instruments that I have at home. So I have like, I have an electric bass guitar. I have an, a really nice electric guitar. And then I have MIDI keyboards that I use with my like setup, but I also have like a Casio electric keyboard that I use when I'm recording. And then otherwise we have a full 88 key not like a it's like a it's still an electronic piano but it has kind of a nicer somewhat more realistic sound the keys are kind of weighted so it feels like you're playing a more of a real piano as opposed to just these little kind of plastic ones i have in here but yeah i, pl I played a lot of different instruments when i was growing up i played french horn uh, as you know alex and that was like my main performing instrument for a long time but i also sing i sing with a local church choir obviously things are different now because of the pandemic we found ways to kind of adapt and you know we have like these fancy singer masks that we wear sometimes and we you know we go about it in kind of the safest way possible where we distance people or we have like very minimal involvement essentially but it's been great that's been a really good professional connection for me as well and i just started taking organ lessons so it's a lot i like to play a lot of different instruments i, I like to think i'm kind of a jack of all trades maybe but you know like i said when you're an all-around musician you can kind of sink your teeth into a lot of different things as a composer i think the most important is probably anything at the keyboard so piano organ Guitar is really good too, I'd say. It's a very versatile instrument. <laughs> accordion, as Alex likes to play. <laughs> yeah, I play accordion. For those of those who didn't know, I actually play a little bit of accordion. I'm, I'm a, well, you know, that said, it sounds like probably Nate's just in his mid 20s. You're probably going to play lots of more instruments in your lifetime too, knowing you. So going back to, you know, the, the, the jingle for this podcast, how did you create this tune for the show? What was your process through that? So throughout this last year, as everyone knows, you know, we were stuck at home and I, I had a, I, you know, I use a Logic Pro 10 as like my, my digital audio workstation or a DAW is kind of like the abbreviated term for that. And so I, I started getting more familiar with that because as a composer for a long time, I would mostly, you know, I'd write my stuff down on paper or just kind of play it at whatever instrument and kind of keep it in my head or engrave it on a, you know, engraving software like Sibelius or Finale. I know Dorico is kind of the newest one right now, but I, I started getting more involved with stuff on Logic. I wanted to kind of pursue that a little bit more. I had been doing kind of little demos and stuff with my brother sort of on my own as well too. Like there's a little drum machine on my keyboard and bought a guitar and was just fooling around recording stuff for, you know, better part of a year or something. And then the pandemic happened. I thought, well, this is a maybe a good opportunity to really delve deeper into you know, music production, recording type stuff. I'm, I'm still kind of learning. I, you know, today I just bought a bunch of tools. That's, I know some plug-in sale or something, you know, there's tons of them. So for this, this tune in particular, it was just kind of the, the process that I usually do where I just come up with a quick little progression. And then um, I'm trying to think of the exact order in which I did it. Like I just create harmonic progression and then like add a bass line, add some drums, um, whether they're kind of processed like samples that I use, or sometimes my brother will record live drums, which is really fun. You know, so I just layer all the basic elements. You got your harmony, your melody, and your rhythm. And I just put it together, made a little melody, found some kind of synth on, you know, like a plugin, or it was just something I had that I thought sounded kind of fun and quirky, you know, just a quick little kind of pot. I know I tried to think of other music that I heard for podcasts and was like, you know, just put my own little spin on it. <laughs> so. Great. You know, it sounds like some things you've been talking about have been a little academic. You know, I'm sure your process was well learned through your university. So with that said, 
do you need to do you recommend that somebody go to university to be a musician do you need to go to university to be a musician or a composer it's funny you should ask that as well like for you know for the concert hall kind of classical whatever you want to call it contemporary art music like i i would probably recommend that i mean i think it's just as far as you want to take your training really like and it it depends on whether you start an instrument or you know if you just want to gain more traction like learning to write music that way with those like rhetorical devices i guess because like for the podcast jingle for example like you know you get good enough kind of in the singer songwriter rock and roll world and there's a lot of really successful musicians who don't you know who are all self-taught who just jump in and can do stuff like that on the fly um you know i'm I'm kind of lucky in the way that i've had the training that i had because like to come up with something like that is i don't know it was very kind of seamless and easy in a way but i would recommend you know if you really want to pursue something you know like kind of the more i don't know the concert hall type stuff it's important to get connected with the musicians who write that and who kind of perpetuate that sort of stuff and that that usually means yeah like studying somewhere or the main thing for me was just finding the teacher that i wanted to be with you know when i was an undergrad um I definitely knew I wanted to, you know, compose music and write all the time, but I spent a lot of time as an instrumentalist and to really, you know, when I, when I did my second degree out here in San Francisco, it was mostly about being with the right teacher. And so I think that's an important thing to think about when you're, when you're gaining a lot of traction as a musician, if you really want to pursue it seriously, when I first kind of started out and got my passion for it, it was about practicing really hard and just spending a lot of time with it, you know, and you don't want to exhaust yourself but it's really important you know to pursue it if you really love doing it and to find the right teacher who can guide you through that way so i think having good teachers is really important and so in that sense going to university is great because you can be connected with really good teachers but also you meet other musicians who perform at an equal if not better than you like you can challenge yourself that way too you know you you meet really good musicians in the other field but you can do that in the industry as well, you might just be a little bit more isolated. And obviously there's um, many, many resources now, you know, there's Bandcamp, there's YouTube, there's like all these different platforms that people have now, like that you can just promote your stuff. You can, and you can learn a lot too. You can just Google up like how to do this production thing, how to, you know, if your computer is powerful enough, you can, you can pull off just about anything. But I, I try to, I don't know, I try and err on the side of like analog instruments where I have more space to to work with the actual equipment a little bit. It's nice to strike a good balance though. Uh, so that's an elaborate answer, but I hope that gives people the right idea maybe. Of course, yeah. So what type of person would you recommend to be a musician? I, the kind of person I recommend to be a musician is someone who's patient, but also um, very creative. Like when you're, it can be difficult to find time to practice and to make time for the things that you love sometimes when you're doing music because it's, you know, it, it's a time consuming thing and to really gain traction in, in a certain part of it, whether it's an instrument you're playing or, um, you know, something you're working on writing, it, it takes a lot of time. And so it's important to, to recognize that and to have that kind of commitment that, you know, that level of patience for yourself, but also having that kind of creative side where you can, you can interpret the music that you're working with. You can really make it your own. You can, you know, it's like having a conversation or like meeting a new friend or something. You you get to know them and you spend more time and it, you know, it's like you develop this, as, like music has all these aspects of communication to it. And so, 
the conversation kind of like gets deeper, like the more time you spend with it, you get more comfortable with the music. It's kind of like learning the complexity of complexities of like a friendship or relationship. And so it takes patience and it takes like commitment, but it's, there's also that kind of creative interpretive side that I think is really cool about music. Yeah. Hopefully that kind of gets the right idea. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So here's the question, the, the, you know, um, is it financially forgiving? You know, I want to go go to be a musician because I want to make lots of money. Is that a realistic thing? Uh, not in my case. It, it, you know, it can be depending on where you, you know, I, I know plenty of musicians who have come from really affluent backgrounds and who have never really had to worry or work, you know, worry or work hard in that regard. But you know, it, it really depends. Like I, I'd say in general, it's not financially forgiving. You have to invest a lot of time and money, I'd say, to, to really set yourself forward in certain ways. Um, and, you know, the equipment's expensive to maintain your instruments, to pay for lessons, to to do traveling involved with it. And the thing is, too, is, uh, you know, like in, in my case, for example, I have, you know, various, many various sources of income and I you know, have little side hustles here and there to keep it rolling. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, generally, no, it's not very forgiving. But if you, you know, if and it's kind of funny, you should say that, too, because there's obviously like successful musicians on the, you know, who top the billboards and who, you know, go triple platinum and who uh, have more money than they'll ever know what to do with. But, you know, it's it's more about pursuing it because you really want to. And because it's uh, for me, I just felt I felt really compelled and was like, I'm just going to do, you know, and I remember making the investment to come out here for grad school too. I just, I, I sort of knew from the get go, I wasn't going to be in it for the financial stuff. And, but there's, and that's not to say there's not ways to kind of balance things out and to, you know, be financially responsible as a musician. There are, there are plenty of ways that you can still advocate for yourself and also make a good living as a musician, whether you're gigging or you're um, split between a, a few different jobs or whatever it is, or if you're teaching even too, you can, you can make pretty good money. Um, you just have to be willing to invest, I think, upfront a lot of that stuff because it's, it's important. And you want to, you know, like I said, you want to find the right teachers. You want to give yourself good equipment. You want to, you, you want to really, you know, give yourself the best possible resources in some cases. Um, beyond that too, you know, you can, if you practice hard and you know how to be healthy about it as well, you can get yourself pretty far. I remember I was playing on like a student build of an instrument for a long time, but I could make it sound really good. And I knew how to do it in a healthy way where I could, you know, cause sometimes like you get a really nice instrument and it's easier to play. So it's easier to practice, easier to kind of set yourself forward. But I know musicians who have gained great success playing on, you know, lousy old beat up instruments too. It's, it's kind of part of the part of the success that you make for yourself, how you own it, how you, you know, it's like I said earlier, the kind of person that you are, if you're patient and you're creative and love to kind of interpret it in your own way and own it for yourself. I think that's maybe the most important thing is just making it your own. And this is what I try to emphasize too, with a lot of young people in the goal of life is, is it your goal necessarily to make money or is it to follow your passion? I guess that's the question. Do you expect that one day you're going to be the next Hans Zimmerman or uh, or no. uh, Rob or I, John Williams? No, I don't. I don't see myself like. I mean, I, I would love to do like film music and uh, you know, kind of more commercial stuff too. That'd be fun. Um, but there's a uh, the industry itself has its own kind of. Uh, I've I've met people who do that a little bit more regularly, maybe, and it's uh, it's competitive and it's uh, you know, it's an environment that uh, you know, you have to really really be organized and really have kind of a good edge on everything. Um, keep your portfolio really sharp and have stuff ready on the spot. You know, your equipment needs to be 
completely reliable. Everything's because it's it happens fast. Everything is needed really quickly. It's cool. I mean, I've seen people who've you know, I saw people in school or people who come through for seminars and stuff. It's it's really it's all really interesting. And, you know, that's obviously it just kind of it goes in with how the culture surrounding the music is, too. I think I think it's important for people to recognize, like, the function that music plays in like their everyday lives or in general as well. Like, you know, what kind of like take always taking stock of what music you like to listen to, what you're hearing on the radio. Like, you know, you don't have to overthink it, but I think it's important to to just be aware of it anyway, to to recognize like where kind of the state of things is, state of things is, you know, I, I tend to do, to do that a lot. <laughs> well, me. you know, you know, I didn't, I didn't prep you for this question, but it just can't, it kind of make me think a little bit. This might be a tough question, but mm. what does music mean to you? Well, it's, uh, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time, you know, performing music and rehearsing music and, you know, having it kind of in that more religious setting anyway, too. And I don't have, we don't have to go down that kind of rabbit hole necessarily, but I know uh, being a church musician is a, a goal of mine for sure. You know, that's why I'm, I'm taking organ lessons now. Um, it's, it's part of, for me, it's, you know, I think of it as just kind of this, like this grand gift that everyone can share together. Um, but it's, it's like a very universal, you know, aspect, like a universal language of communication, for example. I think, you know, it's, I remember a friend of mine in college told me it's kind of like a time machine. It's, it's really interesting because you can, you can play music that's been written hundreds of years ago. You can do the same things with your body that people did with their hands or feet or voices from many, many years ago. I, you know, and I, I'm not necessarily like a total traditional person or whatever. I mean, I am in some ways, but I think it's important to you know, it connects you with other people, essentially, you can, you can make friends through it, you can, you can relate to other people with it, essentially. And I think, for me to, to learn other people's music, to kind of physically embody it in that way is really cool. And to, you know, collaborate with other people, improvise, like, it's just, it's a really fun way to get to know someone or get to know, to contemplate an idea or, um, I, this is another thing that always kind of irks me too, is that I think uh, composers sometimes get this, get this rap of being like this isolated, like sort of really up in their head. I mean, and some composers write really abstract music, which I think is really cool sometimes, but there's, there's another side of it where, you know, we're, we're people, we have lives, like there's, there's a way of in, interpreting the world that I think can be really cool through music. You know, you can, you can write a piece about like, I don't know, flowers or like a cool sunset or you know, driving a car, I don't know, you know, running on the treadmill or something. I mean, I've, I've heard music that kind of fits all these different scenarios. So that's, that's why I kind of, you know, charge the that thing earlier is like, you know, think about kind of the role that music plays in your life, like what music you listen to, you know, while you're working out or when you're driving to work or, you know, while you're cooking food or something. I always love to draw comparisons between music and food too. There's a, uh, some friends of mine had this really interesting concert series where, and this was like pre-pandemic, they hosted like this event um, where you'd have a, a you know, a cert, like a three course meal and you'd have different music, live music played for every course of it. That kind of is meant to accompany whatever the flavors are. It's sort of this multi multi whatever you want to call it. But I, I mean, it's not to say you need to always buffer up the music or buffer up some kind of like, you don't always need to equate those things. Sometimes music can just be music by itself for its own sake. But at any rate, it, like I said, it's important to draw those connections. It's important to realize the, the functions of those things. And as a, you know, as more of like the religious type person, I've always kind of seen those correlations, you know, whether it's in church or, you know, music that kind of 
portrays that sort of stuff too. It's it's really interesting to draw those connections, I guess. And so, yeah. Well, great. <laughs> well, I have one last question to you. Do you have any last things to talk to our viewers about? Do you have any recommendations for somebody wanting to be a musician? Uh, pursue it because you really love to do it. Um, you know, that's that's maybe my main point of advice. Um, and keep doing it. You know, don't don't stop. Um, you know, it's obviously it's good to give yourself a break or, you know, kind of, like I said, be healthy about it. You don't want to beat your head against the wall or chase yourself down about certain things. I, I know I tend to be kind of a perfectionist sometimes, but it, it can really stop me up sometimes. It's really important to, you know, enjoy it, you know, love it and, and I love it like you'd love a person or, you know, like you, you kind of dedicate yourself to it. You, you make sacrifices, you kind of are patient with it you kind of dedicate yourself that way. I'd say that's kind of my best point of advice. You just, you do it because you really love to. And if you don't totally love it, you can, you can always have it as an aspect of your life. You know, it's not like you need to, not everyone's, you know, not everyone's, you know, a, a full on musician, but everyone can enjoy music, you know, like, and anyone can play an instrument. Anyone can take part in it. You know, there's, it's important to just, yeah, be in touch with how much of yourself you're, you're drawn into it, you know, and, uh, for myself, I've, you know, I've thrown my whole life at it and I love it. <laughs> well, Nate, thank you so much for being on the show. If you guys want to learn more about Nate Crow and his compositions, we actually have a link in the description of every single podcast of his band camp, you know, where you can find his information. And if you want to learn more about youth employment services or if you're trying to look for a job or trying to make a resume, Link up with us, go to yesmb.ca and you can book a one-on-one -on -one appointment with one of our employment facilitators. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Job Pod with Youth Employment Services.